songs that last man yeah. it's difficult to write um a song that will last and um james can you tell me why do you think uh some songs have longer lifespans than others i think the meaning of them right when you look at when you look at what a song and how, uh, what it means to you right um i think uh like one of the songs i need you to survive right that's yeah. that's a meaningful song. It, it it that's a timeless song. I don't care how old or how young you are, you need somebody to survive. And so, songs that yeah. have a, a timeless need, you know, or timeless meaning, where it can reach people thirty years from now, forty years from now, yeah. they're going to be singing. I yeah. need you to survive because it's a timeless. It doesn't apply to any specific, you know area in your life, you're always going to need people to survive. So I think the, 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 the timeless message has, the message has to be timeless in order for a song to be timeless. Yeah. So I definitely agree with that. Um, it's always the message in the song that, that lasts. It, what comes from the heart reaches the heart. Absolutely. And so um, without further ado, let's welcome our guest, um, Mr. David Frazier. Come on, y'all welcome our guest. Let me see some hearts, some likes. Let's give him a warm welcome. David, what's going on, sir? Hey, 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 everybody. Uh, Brother Mario, Pastor, <laughs> glad you have me here with y'all tonight. Yeah, glad yeah, to good, good to have you. Man, we're so excited to have you, man. Uh, it's an honor, a privilege. Um, you know, we crossed paths some years ago, and uh, I was singing with Scott Gwynn and Conquer. And um, shout out Scott Gwynn and, and Conquer. And, um, you know, you came and I just, you know, had already kind of been writing songs. But when you came, it just stepped me, stepped my whole, my, <laughs> everything in a whole nother, just took me up to another level. So I appreciate you, man. And you've never changed. You've been um, consistent. And I, I appreciate that more than, you know, all the accomplishments. They're great, man. But just to see you as the same person, you know, that you were day one, you know, I could still call you. You still pick up. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. So, again, thank you. And, um, yeah, we just want to pick your brain a little bit and just uh, kind of go into some questions. And, you know, we're going to let you just just share your heart tonight, man. Is that all right? No problem, man. Whatever I can uh, answer and whatever I can articulate, I'm going to do my best to do it. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. So, first of all, just tell us where you're from and where do you reside currently? Well, uh, David Frazier was born in a little city called Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I know some people say the mecca of gospel music is Detroit. Some people say St. Louis. Some <laughs> people say California. But I really feel like uh, Brooklyn is, a, if it's not the mecca, I think it's a mini mecca of gospel music and uh um, I am now residing in Macon, Georgia for the last three years, serving as director of worship and fine arts at the Beulah Land Church. Uh, we have two locations here, one in Macon and one in, one, one in Byron, Georgia. And uh, uh, we've been blessed to serve here for just about, well, about three and a half years. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So how did you reach the status that you're on, man? You you I, you can barely walk in stores without somebody knowing you. So uh, <laughs> how did you reach that level, man? And take us through the journey. Um, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. We want to dig deep, man. We want to know how you got to where you are. Well, I don't know, you know, if there if this was a, a, a place to, quote unquote, reach for or to... Um, aspire to. Um, I, I often tell people, you know, I, I just wanted to write songs and I wanted people to be able to use the songs that I wrote. And I've always kind of done that. I've always wanted to do things in church. I started out singing in the choir, like most of us. 
Um, then playing the drums and playing the bass and playing the piano, then playing the organ, then writing songs. And I'm just doing what I've, what I've pretty much always done. You know, um, I think people maybe respond to the work that has been done in a favorable manner because there, there's been some songs that have birthed some moments in people's lives and our, our signature to remind people of their relationship with God, um, um, their relationship with people. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, and I think, I think that's always a, a, those, those two things are significant. If you're going to be successful from a writer's perspective, you have to remind people of their relationship with God and also their relationship with people because the cross has has a bar a beam going up from the earth right and also has a beam going uh, across mm-hmm. uh, so so we you know i think music has to have that kind of same kind of effect especially our music has to have the effect where it reaches people because um you know god came for people yeah absolutely. and and god really loves people that love his people so let me mm-hmm. just say that yeah that's and good. then of course the relationship between you and God, you know, or reminding people of their relationship with God. That's why the other being points up. So, so I think music has to have those kind of elements to, to really be efficient and effective. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say has been um, the highlight per se of your career? So thus far, that moment that was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> Honestly, uh, if I just had to pick one thing uh, about just about well, well, we're in 2020 now, so 2017, mm-hmm. uh, 2017, uh, January of 2017, I was blessed to go to Sweden and Germany. I was overseas for about 26 days, 27 days, or something like that. Okay. And uh, we were in, we started out in Stockholm, Sweden, um, doing a workshop there with uh, almost 1,400 singers. Wow. And just sharing, you know, they just asked me to come and just share my music, share whatever songs I wrote. And uh, it was interesting because the theater only held 2,000 people, but 1,400 of the people were singers that were in my rehearsals. So it was just a little space for the audience, for audience people to attend. Wow. Um, so that was amazing. We stopped, we went to Stockholm, then we went over to a city called Yavla, uh, G-A-V-L-E, beautiful place. Another 900 singers met us there. Then we flew over to Gothenburg, to the School of Gospel there hmm. in Gothenburg, Germany and uh, had an, another packed capacity of people there, flew from there uh, to Germany, and we did another four cities in Germany. And this was really, really just an amazing experience to see how gospel music is so loved in another country. Yeah. In another, another two countries, rather. Wow. And, uh, in Germany, we went to a couple of great, great cities there as well, too. We went to uh, uh, Berlin, we went to Cologne, went to this beautiful place called Baikreuzna, which means city of bridges. Wow. Okay. And basically, a lot of people have houses on bridges in this city. That's why it's called Baikreuzna. And we, so we were out there and Every every place we went, there was a there was a, a you know four five hundred seven eight hundred a thousand, and a lot of them just wanted to sing. I need you to survive. Wow. And they wanted to sing <laughs> second chance, and they yeah. wanted to sing. Um, I, I I put out a song around that time called Let Me Go. They wanted to sing Let Me Go. Um, it just was just it was just an amazing excuse me an amazing experience and. Yeah. I'll never forget it. Um, I, I left, uh, I, when I landed in, in, in uh, Stockholm, mm-hmm. I had two, two suitcases full of, 
of CDs and songbooks and stuff like that. And then I had ships on my head. And before I left Germany, I, I, I was totally out wow. of, of everything. And I, <laughs> I, I had maybe 500 of each thing. And it was just amazing. Um, like I said, their, their love for gospel music, their, their hunger for new information, new ways to do what they do, just really, really phenomenal. So it, was, it really was a blessing. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. See, that's the goal, man. I can only imagine what it feels like to have over 1,400 people singing your song. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It was, it was interesting because, first of all, I had never seen that large of a choir um, yeah. before. Um, and then the way they had it set up is the whole stage was full of singers and the balcony and the concert hall all the way around in a complete circle back to the stage was filled with people. Wow. wow. And so for <laughs> rehearsal, when nobody was there, the whole area where the audience sat was full of singers and the balcony was full all the way around. Crazy. So they just took the people from the audience and put them on the stage so other people could come in to hear the music. Wow. Yeah. And it was yeah. it was amazing. Um, I, I I don't really have words to describe, um, you know, the experience. I had been to Germany before, but never to Sweden. And uh, uh, Sweden has a gospel community that is second to none. Mm. Really, never would have known. <laughs> and, and run and run by Caucasians. Oh wow! wow. And uh, how's the sound? Uh, it sound? You know. What it is is that uh, they use gospel music in the schools to build gospel choirs in the local junior high schools and the high schools there. Okay. Okay. And they get funding from the government to do it. Mm. What? And so, you know, even when Donald went, when Kirk Franklin, well, when Kirk Franklin, when he went, did a concert, he didn't really do a workshop, but uh, when Donald goes... You know, he's able to sit with singers and work with singers and they have funding from the from the government of Sweden and from the government of Germany because gospel music is considered an art form. So so and because it promotes peace and love, Mm -hmm. you know, the government wants their people to have that experience. So it's just really, really phenomenal. I'm actually planning to go back. I'm hoping uh, to have some new music out. Um, before the year's out, and uh, I'm going to probably take that music over there to share with them. I'm going to be doing a little bit more, you know, some choir music, some worship music, some, you know, different things. Yeah. So okay, I'll be okay. able to share that over there as well. Yes, too. yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for giving us a little bit of insight of, you know, some of the highlights and where you've come from, how you got to where you are. And uh, what I really want to do is pull out some some knowledge and insight on the songwriting process. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of our listeners that are listening now that, um, you know, they, we all have, we, sometimes we have different approaches to songwriting. So I want you to talk a little bit about your songwriting approach. <clears throat> well, before I can talk about my, my songwriting approach, mm-hmm. I think I want to give people some, some tools regarding if this is something that you want to do, how to be efficient. Absolutely. I think I think that would be better because I don't I'm not a experiential writer. Okay. I'm more of a I'm more of a topical writer. OK. Now, can, you explain, some, okay, can you explain the I, difference? It's like yeah. preaching, ain't it? An experiential writer sometimes goes through a specific circumstance that they are able to turn into a song. Like if they've been sick or they've been hurt or they were, you know, uh, Thomas Dorsey, when he wrote uh, um, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, he had, his mother had recently passed and it was something very, very traumatic. And uh, um, I mean, I've had experiences to happen to me that, that caused me to write as well too. But if I don't have the experience if I have a topic, I can still create content against the topic. Yes, sir. Um, uh, I, I, a few years back, Bishop Jakes had a, a conference called The Birthing Place. 
And I'd gotten a call saying that Bishop Jakes needed a theme song for the conference. So, you know, I was like, okay, you know, let me live with it for a minute and I'll get back to you. You know, I lived with it for a couple of hours and came back and had and wrote them a song. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's coming out of me. Every vision, every dream, you know, it's coming out of me. Uh, I'm in the birthing place right now, but it's coming out. You know, it's coming out of me. Whatever God is doing on the inside of me, it's going. I'm going to give birth to it. So anyway, did the song, did a rough, rough demo of it. Sent it to the director of worship at that time, guy, a good friend of mine, Jamar Jones. He sent it to Bishop Jakes. Bishop Jakes said, I love it. Go ahead. Go, go with it. Let's, let's track it the whole nine. So, you know, and I'm not sure that a lot of people can take specific subject matter or topics and write against them. And I, I, I was a big fan of, I'm still a big fan of James Taylor, um, uh, I, his catalog is full of topical songs. Valentine's Day, uh, 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 Carolina on my mind, where he's actually talking about driving to Carolina. And, uh, you know, just different things that he's able to write. You know, he, he's able to write, you know, he has a great song uh, called uh, Lullaby, where he's writing a song about a man who's sitting by a campfire that wants to write, but wants to sing a song to his child to help him to sleep. You know, just all kinds of these real, real deep subject matters. So um, so getting into songwriting, I want to always begin by telling people you are as you are as uh, you're able to express yourself with more options based upon the music that you study. Mm-hmm. Now, for if, if, if for instance, if I was an R&B songwriter, there wouldn't be an R&B artist song that I hadn't heard. There wouldn't be an R&B artist song that I hadn't understood the format to use to create their content. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, so for gospel, I find that a lot of people that um, want to write gospel songs know very little about the genre. Yes, sir. And because they know very little about the genre, they're, they're limited in their, in their creative process. They don't have anything to pull from. Everything is inspired. Everything it's 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 just give you know it's what they have in front of them right. and they create from it. Right. But with study of the genre, they can get a little bit more deeper musically, arrangement wise, and lyric wise because they can see how the genre has grown and mm-hmm. how people have used different ways to express uh, the genre throughout the years. So you know, I spent a lot of time listening. To the music, listening to choir music, listening to quartet music, listening to gospel early on, listening to anthems and spirituals, listening to uh, uh, how California created gospel music, how Detroit created gospel music, how Chicago created gospel music, how New York created gospel music, listening to the choir era, listening to the small group era. You know, finding people to kind of really spend a lot of time in their music, the Edwin Hawkins, the Walter Hawkins. You know, there's not an Edwin Hawkins album that I haven't listened to, not a Walter Hawkins album I haven't listened to, an Andre Crouch album I haven't listened to. Um, um, not, you know, uh, coming from that area, they may be going to Detroit. Of course, every Marvin Winans album, every uh, uh, Michael Brooks album or a project yes, that he was a part of any Thomas Whitfield album that he was a part of, um, coming more to Chicago. You know, a lot of Darius Brooks's music, Percy Beatty's music, uh, Cosmopolitan, anybody that was doing things, Albertina Walker, you know, anything in that particular area, those cultures, old and new, just seeing what's going on. Then, of course, New York, um, um, Brooklyn, being in the Mecca, you know, we had Timothy Wright, we had... Uh, a few minutes away, we had Benny Cummings and we had uh, Michael Rogers, who was my mentor uh, coming up at Bible Way. Uh, we had uh, 
of course, cannot forget uh, Bishop J.C. White, Carl Williams, Butch Hayward, the whole institutional thing. You know, a lot of people don't know, Institutional made 50 albums. Wow. 50, 5-0, 50 <laughs> albums. Uh, uh, um, Evangelist Ruby C. McClure just passed away, but she sang so many great songs with them. Uh, Joyce Taylor, who's passed away, she sang great songs with them. Others that have come come through Brooklyn. Then right up Philly, you had Gabor Hardiman. Then D.C., you had Donald Vales, and you had Richard Smallwood, and you had um, um, Steve Lawrence, and you had other people that were in on this side of the country. Then the GMWA, then Triborough, and different other other entities. So you know, the because I spent a lot of time in the music. I can express my thought through not just inspiration, but the files that I've acquired mm-hmm. in the process of, of, of learning. And I, and I just think it would do everybody well to study the genre. And if you study the genre, it will <laughs> birth in you a respect for the genre mm-hmm. so that you, your, what you create is not so 7-Eleven all the time, which is what, what uh, Dr. Judith Christie McAllister calls 7-Eleven songs, songs that have seven words you repeat 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, you, your songs could have some structure. You can understand verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, vamp. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, you know, if you don't, you know, you miss out on such uh, on, on on so much of the music. Yeah, and you and and because you don't understand when people actually take on the formats, the, the, you know, of the greats. Hmm. Um, um, they you just kind of let what I don't understand what's going on. You don't understand what's going on because you haven't spent no time with the music. You don't know. You don't know who James Cleveland is. Yeah. You don't you don't own a record. You don't know who Southern Cal is. You don't know who uh, the L.A. Messengers are. You don't know who these. So you, you you're you're totally you, you you you're like a deer in the headlights all the time. And 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 uh, you can't even live by the forty five second rule. You know, I tell people all the time that real people that really really know music they have a forty five second rule. I have one. Yeah. If I listen to your song for 45 seconds and it doesn't grab me, I'm going mm-hmm. to go on to the next thing. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Most industry all, professionals run off of that, All right? great songs have a strong 45 seconds. Which, so that means your intro can't be 20 seconds. Can't be 20 seconds, right. <laughs> How about this? You can't even talk for 20 seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to get it. You got to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, these kinds of things you just learn, you learn that from listening because you got to think, you know, people started talking and writing, doing intros really in the last maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years, because people are more musically inclined. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And we've and we've moved from a song culture to a singer's culture. Mm. Yeah. Where where great singers sing not so great songs. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Whereas in the past we had great songs and we had good singers. <laughs> yeah. But the songs were bigger than the singers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so yes, I really tried to endeavor um, um, to try to create music that still pays homage. Add, try to add something to the genre. I'm not. I'm not necessarily trying to build a platform for David Frazier. That's something else too. A lot of our music is is overly pretentious. Mm. And if you create overly pretentious music, then God is kind of pushed to the side, and the industry is embraced. Got you. That makes sense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so, and you can even hear it in on the radio where you can play five songs and they all sound the same. That's because yep. everybody's trying to get the same platform mm. that they think exists. Wow. And that's that's pretension. So, if your music is pretentious, then it's not pure. It doesn't come from a pure place. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, so, you you loading on us. <laughs> <laughs> but that's wisdom, though. 
So, yeah. So first thing is, like I said, study the music. Got to learn, got to know something about the music. And then yeah. secondly, I really feel like, I really feel like songwriters are much more concerned about protecting their songs than sharing their songs. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, I often say that a closed hand, nothing can go in and nothing can come out, but an open hand is a free flow. Yeah. And if you hold all your, all your ideas real, real tight, because you're afraid that someone's going to steal it, someone's going to make a whole bunch of money and you're going to be left in the cold and all this kind of stuff. This is how, this is your writing catalog. It's inside the fist. Mm -hmm. But if you open your hand out, get into the, get into the, 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 the flow of what's going on, share your music. Uh, uh, sometimes, you know, don't, you know, of course, protect yourself. You're gonna, you want to do copyrights and stuff like that. But that is not the main concern. The main concern is that song that you have could really bless some people if you share it. it also, it'll also show you how good your song is. And mm-hmm. that's something else, too. A lot of people don't like to let their music out because they, they love their music so much that they don't want nobody else to say, ah, oh, that's not that great. <laughs> That's when, very when, true. I, when I was coming along at church, and I and I was and I'm blessed to um, um, have, have I was blessed to have a church that I could practice at. Mm-hmm. So I, I I would I would you know throw some stuff that other people recorded in, then every now and then I throw a David Fraser song in, it. and then I like kind of see how how people respond to it, how the pastor respond to it. What you know, you know, because I know how it made me feel, but I still wanted to, wanted to to gauge it. Yeah. And and as writers, a lot of times we write music that we like, not what people like. Mm-hmm. And, we, and you got to find the medium in that. Yeah. Because if you're the only, if you're your biggest fan, then you're all, you're your only fan. Yeah. So are right. you saying that it's safe to have a place where? writers can bounce their music off of? Do you think that's necessary for them to have? No question about it. I think, I think, uh, I think the safest place for anyone with a gift or a talent or an anointing or grace is someplace close to where they are, people that they're familiar with, people that know them, and you can kind of work through the kinks of what you have. It's like, it's like, Nobody goes to the major leagues from college. Right. They go to a farm club. <laughs> <laughs> and at the farm club, uh, uh, the, the farm club allows them to, to develop. Yes, sir. And they get their skills up until they're able, they're ready for the major leagues. And I, and I just think everybody wants the major leagues, but they don't have no farm club experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so without farm club experience, you don't have, you don't even have the know-how to adjust your ideas to get them to work, you know? And, and, and I think that's something that's very, very important. You gotta, you have to understand how to work through your ideas. Sometimes your ideas have to be changed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. you can only um, find that out through trial yeah. and error. <laughs> you know what, David? I wanted to interrupt you just one moment. We had a question that came up and before uh while she's on here, I want to make sure that she gets her question answered. Nana Greer, she says, once one writes a song, what's the best way to get it heard? Um hold on a second. I think I lost everybody. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. Um well, I say the best way I'm trying to on a Zoom call. Um, hold on. <laughs> Your phone okay. call coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like I said, I, I think, I think the best, 
I, I think the best way to get your music heard is uh, is getting getting active where you are. Get mm. your music heard where you are. When I first started writing songs, I wrote songs at my church. I wrote like for the radio broadcast and Easter plays and Christmas plays. And, you know, I was a selection here and there on a Sunday morning. People would call the church that heard our broadcast on the radio. It was like, hey, I love that song. The choir say, how could I buy that? And it was like, I don't know if you could buy it. It's just the guy, this guy around here is writing these songs. Sure. So I was able to build the reputation of writing songs. Then I got the call. Uh, well, Bishop Hezekiah Walker was a member of my church at that time, and then he started Love Fellowship. He left Bible and started Love Fellowship, and he needed songs. And there were other people that needed songs, so I was sharing. So to, to answer the question, start where you are. I don't know where that young lady lives, um, but if she can start where she is, mm-hmm. um, I think that would be key. Okay, that's good. That's good. Now, um, some writers go through this. I don't know if you ever experienced this, but do you ever face uh, writer's block? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I don't. I, I don't totally. I, I don't think there's a such thing as writer's block. Of, okay. But this is what I will say happens. Uh, sometimes the. F- if you have a song and you may have a couple of lines that feel real good to you and you want to finish the song, you're so excited and you just feel like, oh, this is going to be the one. This feels good. Oh, I just love it. And it doesn't happen. Sometimes you have to lay that one down and start on something else. Um, because sometimes, you know, we have, our minds are very easily distracted and Sometimes you can write four or five songs in a day. Sometimes mm-hmm. you only get one song in a week. Kurt Carr, um, who's a great songwriter, uh, told me, he said to me one time, David, I am not pressured by record companies to make albums because it takes me three to five years to write eight or nine songs mm-hmm. that I feel real good about. Wow. And greatness takes time. Yeah. And you don't have to rush it. And if, you, and if you feel like you're stuck, you know, it's always good to, like, clear your mind, ride your bike, work out, go get something to eat. Make sure you keep your ideas recorded. Like, I use voice memos a lot, and I write. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that you can go back to what you started on with a fresh perspective every time, even if you, even if you, have, even if you have to stop and start. How much do you feel? How much do you feel uh, your mental health plays a role in the songs that you write and your ability to write, um, you know, songs that 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 work? Well, I, I well, you say mental health, so so I would say our minds are a product of our spirits. Mm-hmm. Come on now, you as preaching. a man, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think your content will always be based upon what content is inside of you. I, I was on another Zoom call about songwriting. I thought it was very interesting to share that. A lot of people read the Bible and they see a lot of these and thous and shalls and shouts, and it doesn't necessarily produce a songwriting flow all the time. Mm-hmm. But we're blessed to have many translations of the Bible that, for instance, we don't sing the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want He making me to lie down in green pastures and give me beside still waters. We sing because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Mm-hmm. He lets me rest in the meadows grass and he leads yeah. me beside a quiet stream. That is just a new living translation of 23rd Psalm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, Reading texts and and, and 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 looking for subject matter, you know, I think it, I think it can come from a lot of places. And Mal might as well give you this point too, uh, as far as songwriting. The greatest songs have the most obscure subject matter. Hmm. For instance, yeah. Uh, 
some years ago, I wrote a song called Power Belongs to God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before I wrote Power Belongs to God, there was not a song, or nobody had a song out called Power Belongs to God. Mm. Right. So, if people see the title, they ain't even got to listen to the song. They just see the title, Power Belongs to God. Oh, well, I, been, I need to check that out. Mm-hmm. Let me see what that means. Sure. Yeah. The more obscure, uh, uh, um, the more obscure your subject matter is, the more song life you can have. Mm. Even I Need You to Survive. There was never a song called I Need You to Survive, at least as far as I know, until I wrote it. Yeah. So it, that song, now if you have a great subject, you got a great content, now the, the, the trick is to make that musical. Make it singable. Mm-hmm. Make it sensible. Right. Make it spiritual. Right. Yeah. Those are some of the little 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 things that you need to add to your songs. Your songs need to be singable. They need to be sensible, and they need to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. The three S's, yeah. right? Hashtag those: singable, <laughs> sensible, <laughs> and and spiritual. spiritual. That's good. Now that's from a. And, and, and let me just say that that is, in some regard, even for other genres in music as well. I'm glad you. I'm glad you went there because I was going to ask you about the other genres. If that's something that they can use as tools for what they do as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you listen to if you listen to people, first of all, all real real great songwriters have developed a love for creating and a love for the music. Mm -hmm. Love is a spirit. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh Uh-huh. Come on here now. So when when you do things out of love, it takes on a spiritual element. Now, although it may not be, you know, it may not be something that glorifies God because you connected love to it, then God is connected to it. Mm. When you watch Michael J- when you watch Michael Jackson do what he did, yeah. Stevie Wonder, Donnie Hathaway, um, Tina Turner, yeah. uh, uh, Ray Charles. Yeah. <laughs> they had other issues and stuff, but the love for what they were doing never, it, it got stronger mm. in, in adversity, through adversity. It got stronger. Right. And because they loved it, it opened up that open hand thing. Uh, uh, because they loved what they did, they were able to get a free flow of ideas now whether some people agree with it or not. You know, it, was, it wasn't done pretentiously per se, it was done out of a love. And, and they were doing it for people, and I and I and I'd still say that the greatest music is 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 popular music that reaches mm-hmm. the masses of people. Um, Prince made a lot of great albums, right. but his biggest records were the pop records like Purple Rain and mm-hmm. a Little Red Corvette, Diamonds and Pearls, and you know some of that stuff. Beautiful, most beautiful girl in the world. Yes, uh, Kiss. Uh... You know. That was the stuff that he made for everybody. Now, right. all of the music wasn't made for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And the same on our side of the coin. We have a, songwriters have a responsibility to a body of Christ, not just to a, a group of people that we hang out with. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking on to that, how do you know, uh, and I, maybe it is, uh, how do you know that you're writing a song that's for, and I guess it goes back to what we talked about before, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, how do you know you're writing a song that's geared for yourself and not geared for the masses? So a popular song, like you said. Well, it's it, it goes back to that, uh, um, that uh, um, how about this? Like I said, those three S's, singable, sensible, spiritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, singable is not for you. <laughs> yeah. You can sing it because you wrote it. Right. Singable is for a 49-year-old mother of three. 
mm-hmm. or a 62-year-old deacon or a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. And if you can find stuff, find ways to engage people. See, that's the other thing, too. And the purpose of the songs, you know, you know, the Bible um, tells us in uh, Ephesians 5, 18 and 19, Colossians 3, 16 and 17, it tells us to, one, speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. And then it says, uh, 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 um, make melody in your heart unto the Lord with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. So, you know, if you just get into the semantics of scripture, there seems to be a reason why we should create the music. Right. It's so that people can speak to themselves, communicate with each other with the songs, communicate with God with the songs, communicate with each other with the songs. And they should speak to different levels of where the believer is, you know, um, 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 different walks and different experiences. So they're, they're, the, the better gospel songs are, are always going to be the singable ones. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I wanted to ask you, um, let's see, how do you feel about, you know, I've been a part of some writer's camps and some some writing sessions. And, uh-huh. you know, it seems like people are more gearing more towards doing collaborative writing. How do you feel about uh, co-writing and have you ever co-written with any other writers? Well, the, the, the reason why there seems to be a, a, a great push towards that is because there is a there is a search for a great song. There's a search for the hit. Right. Mm-hmm. So by getting with some people that have a little bit of the story, a little bit of the story here, a little bit of the story there, a little bit of the story there, holy little bits will, will create something that will uh, 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 control the industry for a little while. Gotcha. Um, again, I, I'm not against those. I think, I think sometimes they work and, 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 um, I know a lot of people that, you know, are involved with that. I personally haven't been involved with co-writing from a standpoint where record companies are having uh, a couple of songwriters come for a couple of days and do, and, and get together on a couple of, I've never had a chance to do that. And, uh, I'm I'm not against it. I, I I I'm just not totally sure of what it yields. And I know that a lot of R and B writers do the same thing as well too. Collab sessions where they can put try to create something. Now I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. But again, I still feel like <laughs> creating things. There needs to be a real organic approach to creating things. Uh, there needs to be an organic inspiration. Um, I think. I think. Um, I think it helps writers that are not musicians to get with musicians in their creative process mm-hmm. um, um, to help with musical arrangements that that help support the thought. Um, and there's a lot of ways to go about it. Like I said, I, I'm not against right, uh, right. collabs. I've often done this, Mario. You know I've done it because you was there when I was doing it. I was we were doing the Scott Gwynn sessions. There were songs that needed things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I would say, "Hey, you know, y'all should do this." And yeah. hey, you know, you should put that there. And I didn't take any credit for it. I just was like, I wanted to work. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and 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 that's how I, I approach it still now. A lot of people send me songs and be like, uh, how, "What's your thought on this?" How do you feel about this? I had a guy recently from uh, uh, France send me a song, Good Good Brother Gospel Choir there in uh, in uh, uh, one of the smaller cities of France at Community Choir there. And he had a great song. It was a good song. It just, it you know, it just didn't need some of the things that he was adding to it. Okay. So I just said, pull this out, pull this out, keep one and two. And go back to one again and then repeat the last tag and you should be straight. 
Yeah. And, and he, he tried it out and it worked. So, and I, will it work all the time? I don't know. I, right. You know, I, but, but you asked me. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. so, so you know, yeah. that's really, you know, where it's about, you know, so. But you know, you know, what one thing that's key about what you said is that he asked you and you were able to give him feedback that he received. Yeah. And you know, you know how songwriters, we feel, you know, songs are, they're, they're our babies. You know, we're, we're real uh, sensitive about certain things. And so I think that in order to learn and grow, you have to be in a position where you can accept, especially for someone like yourself that knows the formula, knows what works and what has been successful. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of reiterating it because I know someone may be listening that, that feels like they're already there because they've been stamped by, you know, their surroundings. And, um, you know, and I think it's huge to be able to bounce off songs off of uh, people that have done it before. And um, yeah, man, that's that's awesome. That's great. I've I've sent songs that I knew were strong to people like Donald Lawrence, Percy Beatty, uh, uh, other other writers that I know just want mm-hmm. to just get some thought. Yeah. And you'd be surprised if you if you're not don't have access to those people, share with the people that you do have access to locally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, a lot of people jump from Jerusalem to uttermost parts of the world. Oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> and, right. and the biblical formula is the spirit fell. He said, he said, going to Jerusalem, then Jeru- then Judea, yeah. then Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. Right. Absolutely. So a lot of people don't have a, a trans-local ministry. And a lot of people don't have a local ministry because they jump into international ministry. <laughs> they just jump right into international. Yeah. Oh, I, I wrote this song and I want Yolanda Adams to do it. Well, is it, where's the Yolanda Adams in your area? Why isn't she singing? <laughs> Why doesn't yeah. the Yolanda Adams in your town know, even know who you are? Have who you, been you are. To, have you been to a Dorsey convention? Have you been to a GMWA? Have you had does your does your local community choir send these songs? And and if you can't find one in your local area, go to okay. another, go to the next city over, you know, go to a conference. Go, it's there, it's always something going on that you can um get into. Even now, the PROs uh have like little performance sessions downtown Atlanta, downtown New York, LA, ASCAP, CSAC, Nashville, you know. But but start somewhere. Have a have a good beginning. Have a healthy beginning. Um, yeah. I, I think it's it, it's useful for people to have that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Wow. Yeah, you you dropped so many uh, so many nuggets, man. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this over again and take <laughs> notes like I want to. And uh, man, <laughs> James, I don't know if you had any other questions, but I wanted to kind of start us wrapping up. We went over time a little bit, and I, I want to be respectful of David's time as well. Um, but this has been awesome, man. Uh, the people are engaged. They're listening and, you know, asking questions. And that's one thing that we really appreciate. Um, before we do uh, transition, um, I wanted to know if there's anything that you have coming up that we can support, as well as if you can share your social media handles so people can uh, follow follow along with you. <clears throat> well, right now, the big thing is that the song I wrote for Ricky Dillon and New G release is number eight on wow. the Billboard chart, gospel chart, number eight. And and you know Mario as well as I do, to get your song at number 38 on the chart. Come on, man. It's a feat. <laughs> yes, so, so to get your song number eight, top 10, is a blessing. So definitely support that uh, release. Um, uh, I also have a song that I wrote called God is Doing Something Wonderful in Me. Uh, Brian Karn recorded a version of, of the mm-hmm. song, and that's out on Intro Gospel. You can support that. Uh, the church here, well, Release, let me just give you a little background on the song Release. Release was actually recorded by the church here where I serve on their CD. Uh, 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 Ricky had heard the CD and wanted to record three songs off of the CD that I wrote. (laughs) And uh, uh, we basically worked it down to two and then one for this record and another one for the next record, probably. But uh, but release is on a on a project called um, uh, Pastor Carlos Kelly Presents. Uh, 
BBC Worship 2018. Okay. And I wrote... Uh, I produced it, wrote about eight or nine songs on that, and uh, that is available on Apple Music and all digital outlets. It's a great balanced record. It has songs for communion, praise and worship, choir music. It's a good balanced record. So uh, Pastor Carlos Kelly presents BBC Worship 2018. I recently uh, just did uh, Darwin Hobbs. Okay. Uh, Look out for Darwin Hobbs. He's got a song called... uh, I'll still say yes. Yes, sir. And uh, he's coming out with a project called Sunday Morning Playlist. Okay. Mm. Uh, he's been out out the out the loop for a little while, so he's coming back. So we're blessed to work with him. Uh, uh, I hope to have uh, my fifth independent project. I do these records called Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs. I've been doing them for a long time. And I'll be doing my fifth one called Grace Songs. And the Grace Songs record will have, uh, well, there's a couple of songs that I put out in between times. So there's a song called All For You, there's a song called Let Me Go, there's a song called uh, Deep. Um, All of those videos are on YouTube now. And uh, probably the next single for that record is going to be a song I wrote called The Blessing, a choir song. I wrote a song uh, uh, from the biblical text, And My God Shall Supply All Your Need According to His Riches and Glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the chorus of the song. So, And it's very choral. So I'm hoping that you know, people will kind of like that. And there's some other things that we, we write, but that, that's going to be on the Grace Songs um, release. And hopefully the single, The Blessing, probably come out first. Or it either be The Blessing or a song called I Will Not Fear. Okay. So I'm just kind of <laughs> tossing around. Throwing it around, which, I got Yeah, you. yeah, see which one uh, is, is feeling the best. Or we might just put them both out. And hey. put videos out on them and just kind of, you know, because the way the industry is set up now, you know, you, you know, I'm not bound to to do anything that I, you know, I can be as creative as I want to be. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, all of that. And then also to to, to tell you, uh, fasten your seatbelts. There's a uh, there's some buzz about a new Hezekiah Walker record coming with some oh, great yeah. songs. <laughs> so, so, so we're looking forward to 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 possibly working with Bishop again, yeah. uh, uh, um, um, we've had a long a long history of songs together. So absolutely, uh, hope, hoping that will, will will come to pass as well too. Wow. Um, and social media, uh, David Fraser or David Fraser the second on Facebook, David Fraser Music on Facebook. Um, you can find me there on uh, Instagram, David Fraser one. On Twitter, Dave's Lyric. You can follow me on Twitter, Dave's Lyric, but um, on Instagram, David Frazier One. Um, my website, davidfraser.net. If you'd like on, to see yeah. some information, my catalog, well, a good portion of my catalog. Um, and uh, it's, it's grown now to a little over 94 songs or so that with major people, you know, some of my yeah. other little little stuff I couldn't get on there, but about, yeah, almost 100 or so. Okay. And, uh, but it'll be 100 after the summer. It'll be 100 <laughs> yes, after the summer. And, uh, uh, yeah, um, and, and, and if anybody has any questions or something, you know, they can drop me an inbox, send me an MP3, I'll listen. I'll try to point them in a good direction. Um, that's what it's about, anyway. So, yes, um, gotta let you. You gotta let your songs play with up uh, with the bad kids down the block. Gotta let your songs play with the bad kids down the block. <laughs> can't treat them like you. You know, you know how we do our kids. Now, Johnny, yeah. you can't go down there. Right. You can't ride your bike too far. Right. Something is. Stay there. where I can yeah. see you. Yeah, stay where I can see you. You gotta let your songs play with the bad kids. You yeah. know, sometimes, and the more you get them out there, you more you build a rapport and and a reputation for for bringing it, so yeah. so that people will look for you as not just a source but a resource. <clears throat> so yeah. so that's important. That's important. 
Good stuff, man. Great stuff. Man, um, nobody says my name like you, man. I love it. Ma- Mario. <laughs> Y'all hear that accent? Well, that's, that's that New York, you know. That's how we... That's that that's dude. That's that Brooklyn. That's, that's, that's how Brooklyn oh, coming out. That's how we go. Well, man, I, we're so uh, just honored, like I said, just to uh, even share a few moments with you, man. I just recall um, the versus battle not too long ago with Hezekiah Walker. And um, who did he go up against? I think it was a, it was a John P. Key. Pastor John, John P. Key. Key. Yes, sir. And every every time a David Fraser sang, song came up, I was just. I just lit up, man. It was like, hey, I know him. I know that guy right there. And, uh, man, it just made me proud. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to uh, be connected to you and as well as just to know you. You know, uh, like I said, most of all, you being the genuine person that you are, making yourself available to so many people that you don't get enough credit for. Um, I want you to know we appreciate you here, man. And, you know, if there's anything that we can extend to you, of course, you know, we'll do whatever it is that we can do on this end. And um, just thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I I appreciate the platform. I appreciate the opportunity to share. And uh, um, I'm not, I'm making sure that I don't uh, get to a point where I can't help people and not help people. I think, I think what has happened in the past is a lot of great people have taken great knowledge and great information to the grave mm. and not shared it, not helped enough people so that what they do can be perpetuated. Yeah. Um, so, so anytime, bro, anytime you want to do it, anytime you want to yes, talk sir. some more, um, definitely after great songs come out, I'll probably have to do a, a listening session, have you host it and go Let's get it. live. Yes, and, sir. Uh, we get some people in there to take a listen to it and uh, include our international friends as well, too. Matter of fact, I should say this. I did, I did an international songwriters workshop uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, uh, I'm going to sh- do a re-showing of it on okay. Facebook Live. I'll probably put out a flyer. Uh, but the workshop... Uh, 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 had some very, very, very uh, astute and well-known guests. Mm. Uh, uh, let me let me give you this quick list. The, my guests were mm. uh, Richard Smallwood, Donald mm. Lawrence, Michael Brooks, Darius Brooks, Percy Beatty, Darius yeah. Polk, who wrote uh, um, um, uh, Nobody Greater. Nobody Ooh. Greater. Yeah. Jason and Jonathan Nelson. Wow. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, who else did I have? I I'm, I'm feel like I'm missing somebody. Uh, James Hall. <laughs> uh, Heavyweight. Uh, um, I'm trying to make sure I covered everybody. I think that was everybody. Oh, and my brother and your brother, Fred Hammond, is on there as well, too. Awesome. So it, it'll be a blessing to hear some insight yeah. from all of those people that are on that international um, um, songwriters um, um, workshop that I did. And I did some teaching on there as well, too. But yeah. uh, but it was great to have all of those people, you know, Richard, Donald, uh, Percy Beatty, Darius Brooks, Fred Hammond, James Hall, Darius Pope, Jason yeah. Jonathan Nelson, just a lot of great, great guys that, that are writing um, are in the in the throes of writing mm-hmm. and uh, uh, understand uh, uh, the the uh, the love for the genre that hopefully births a a love uh, for the music you know yes, uh, a sir. love for even their presentation of the music yes sir That's so, good stuff man so, good stuff so, yeah so you'll see that advertisement it's just called um, Dave, uh, International Songwriters Workshop with David Frazier. And, uh, and uh, it's about an hour long, so you got to kind of sit back and yeah. take, bring your pen and paper and because you hear some great things, yeah. um, great points um, that, that will hopefully help and be a blessing. Absolutely. Oh, and again, Absolutely. thank you all for having me tonight. Thank you. Thanks for coming, you, man. man. We appreciate it. JB, yeah, another one down, man. Yeah. We did it, man. We I, did it. You know, we always talk about the behind the scenes, and people have no idea what it takes to to to, to be great. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, thank God for just allowing us to even make it this far. And uh, with whatever glitches that we did have, it'll continue to get better. We thank you all for listening and and uh, giving and being patient with us. But most of all, uh, we just appreciate our guests for coming today. And uh, James, just tell them kind of what's com- what's coming in the next few weeks, and uh, you know, take us on out. 
yeah, I just want to say in the meantime, thank you to all of our Facebook and, and YouTube fans that's, that's, that's tuning in. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your questions that you have. And so keep, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook at Mario J. Brown or at Mario J. Brown Music with a K. Or you can find us on YouTube at Mario J. Brown. Uh, and we're at both places going live 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm sorry, 9 p- 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, right? I got it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's correct. So, yeah, yes, sir. you can always find us here on live with MJB <laughs> Music with JB. Yes, uh, till next time. Peace.